Welcome to SB&M is Here, the State Bar of New Mexico's official podcast. In this series, we'll discuss topics such as professional development, tools of the legal trade, and mental and professional well-being. Connecting the legal community across New Mexico, SB&M is here. Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. This is Morgan Pettit, Member Services Manager for the State Bar of New Mexico. So for me, this episode is incredibly special because it feels like a full circle moment. In the summer that was 2020, the bar released its first podcast episode and we featured our Judges and Lawyers Assistance Program. I was so thrilled to have JLAP as the first guest of the podcast, and now I'm happy to have them back at the start of our 2021 season. Pam and Tanessa, it's good to see you since we're recording virtually, and it's good to hear from you as well. Hello, Morgan. Hello, Morgan. It's great to be back. So before we hear from our two speakers, I'm going to have Pam fill us in on uh, the new committee that the bar has formed that I think will be of interest to you all. And then Tanessa has a really exciting announcement um, on behalf of this committee, on behalf of the bar. So I'm going to let them fill you in now. So um, this is Pam, uh, director of the New Mexico Judges and Lawyers Assistance Program. And uh, we did create a new well-being committee um, at the end of 2019, but it really uh, it got into full gear in 2020. And um, we, we created that well-being committee to look at bringing more efforts and initiatives to the New Mexico legal community in the areas of well-being. So um, more education, uh, more uh, activities, more events, um, more presentations and doing it um, at a bunch of different um, ven- uh, avenues, I guess I would say. And so um, that has really um, taken off. Um, probably about July, August of last year, we had to quickly switch gears from what we had originally planned on doing um, because of COVID. And so we could bring efforts to the New Mexico legal community right away. So when I talk about the New Mexico legal community and, and, and the, the group of people that the, the well-being committee is focused on, that includes uh, judges, lawyers, law students, and staff, court staff, uh, law firm staff, everybody in the New Mexico legal community. So um, we, we recognize that there was a greater need for well-being and and that very much showed up in 2020, as you all know. Um, but there's a, a greater need for more well-being efforts and education in our legal community. And we we um, we went about creating this committee based on the Colap um, Well-Being Task Force. So we followed their model in terms of creating this well-being committee, and um, we we will continue to um, grow our efforts and our outreach for this well-being committee in 2021. Perfect. Thank you. I think that really 2020 has shown us um, or did show us since we're now in 2021 that there is not there is no such thing as too much emphasis on well-being, mental health, professional well-being and personal well-being. So I think it's a wonderful committee that we've started. And then Tanessa, you have exciting news and I'm excited <laughs> personally. I'm, how many times oh, can I say excited? Morgan. I know, excited, excited. Um, but tell us about what's coming up from you guys. With pleasure. So hello everyone, I'm Tanessa Akins. I am the clinical coordinator of NMJ Lab. And one of the things I wanted to share today was with the creation of the New Mexico Wellbeing Committee, there has been quite a few exciting developments. One of them is a particular campaign that's called What a Healthy Lawyer Looks Like. Um, and this is going to feature a podcast that's actually going to be the Wellbeing Committee's podcast. So keep your eye out for the Wellbeing Committee's podcast. It's coming out in late February of this year. And I think that's really cool. Um, I've done some preliminary research on uh, legal organization podcasts, and there's not too many out there that have more than one podcast for their organization. There's various ones like the State Bar of Texas has one. The ABA has an entire channel. If you guys haven't listened to that, they have like 32 separate podcasts, but I don't think there's a state bar out there that's going to have, that has two podcasts like we do. So uh New Mexico State Bar members, we're kind of leading the front on this. So I think it's pretty exciting. Um, But with that, 
Uh, Pam, we've kind of got some cool speakers today. Do you want to fill us in who they are and then they can take it away? I will. Thank you, Morgan. So I want to, uh, before I talk about who's on the podcast today, I want to let you know that our topic for the month of January was exercise. And, and it, it is showing up as um, we emphasized exercise with our judicial wellness program, which is called JWell Now. Um, we've been putting out articles and information on, on not just exercise, but exercise and movement. So exercise and movement can show up in a bunch of different ways and everybody's got their favorite. And so we're really trying to emphasize just moving um, in some way. And so our speakers today, uh, two speakers, Dr. Anthony Flagg is from the UNM Department of Family and Community Medicine. And um, he's also with the College of Population Health. He was the co-founder and is very much a part of uh, Running Medicine, which is a program formed from the New Mexico or from the Native uh, Health Initiative. And then we have our very own Norm Gagney. He is of counsel to Butt, Thornton and Bear. He recently completed two terms on the New Mexico Judicial Standards Commission. And he is a member of our Judicial Wellness Subcommittee, which is a subcommittee of the Wellbeing Committee that I talked about earlier. And so uh, uh, Norm is a big outdoor enthusiast and wrote a phenomenal article that was in our JWell Now eblast the beginning of January and, was, and is also featured in our Bar Bulletin this month in January. And so um, our two uh, speakers today are uh, podcast discussion members are Dr. Anthony Flagg and Norm Gagney. Well, thank you, Morgan, Pam, and Vanessa for that uh, very nice introduction and good morning. Has your work been getting you down lately? Has you, your life lost some of its zest in this time of COVID-19? Are you missing your friends, your work colleagues? Maybe you haven't been able to see your family lately. Are you feeling isolated, lonely, stressed? Are the winter blahs tougher this year than ever? Our work as lawyers and judges and law students is hard enough and stressful enough in normal times. And, and uh, we have uh, some law students that are gonna be listening to us too. So this pandemic uh, has just made things a lot tougher. This is, these are not normal times at all. Well, there are no complete fixes for all this, but we're going to be talking today about a simple effective and available way to begin to put more life back into your life, to give, give you a powerful set of tools to begin to make things better. These tools will serve you well long after the pandemic has subsided and life has returned to some semblance of normal. I'm Norm Gagney. I'm a member of the New Mexico State Bar Wellness Committee and of counsel to Butt Thornton and Bear. And I'm in conversation today with Dr. Anthony Flegg. Dr. Flegg is on the Family and Community Health Faculty of the University of New Mexico Medical School and sees patients in the UNMH Rio Rancho Family Practice Clinic. His emphasis in his regular practice is on building and restoring health through strength. He's an avid runner and founder of the organization Running Medicine, of which we will talk more later. He has written and spoken about and is a forceful advocate for getting outside and moving to improve and maintain your physical, emotional, and spiritual health. We'll talk today about how these simple things can quickly begin to improve your work and your life. Good morning and welcome, Dr. Anthony Flug. Good morning, Norm, and good morning to everyone listening. It's great to be here. Wish that we were on a run together, all of you listening, <laughs> and Norm and myself, but um, we're gonna we're gonna have some fun and and as Norm said, really try to try to find that that um, those kind of simple, accessible ways to to make life and work and and the pandemic um, you know more more fulfilling for all of us. Right, uh, and and we've got lots of stuff to talk about. And I think our, our time will will end up being <laughs> uh, less time than we we could really use up. But before we chat about how our listeners can put these uh, simple tools to work in their lives, uh, can you tell us what's what's the importance in your life of getting outside and moving? That's a great great thing to start with, Norman. And I know you and I share 
um, some similar feelings here of how how movement really is medicine for us. I I can absolutely, as a former med student, um, uh, you know, I, I think probably better than most people identify with the stresses of being a law student and being a law um, graduate and a lawyer and attorney and and the stresses that come with both of our professions. Um, so I think early on in in my training, I realized. Um, that this was not the time to put down things that keep me well, and it instead was time to keep doing them, to keep um, making sure that I, I, I'm, regardless of what what my professional training and professional life was handing me at that moment, I needed to to really make time um, for something, and and you know multiple things, but. Um, things that, that keep me well. And so movement, I think, is is really um, just just a beautiful way to kind of recenter and, and let go of things that maybe aren't serving you to be the best lawyer, best judge in that moment are clouding, in my case, my ability to show empathy with my patients and um, to, to really be there present. And um, so it, it is on a daily basis. This morning, I got out in the 25 degree weather with a neighbor and, and you know, enjoyed about an hour of medicine, as I call it, um, <laughs> on the trails of the North Valley. Mental, spiritual, um, cultural, social, you know, all, all, the, all the angles that, that our movement can, um, can, can play. And, and I will just say, at the beginning, even though I'm going to maybe reference running, if your movement is yoga, if your movement is walking, if your movement is um, walking on a treadmill in a gym versus walking in the bolske or walking in the foothills, it's movement. And and that energizes ourself and resets ourself in a way that um, it, it doesn't matter what movement it's, it's about making that commitment to your own self-care to to, to get moving and to see that really as, as an important part of your professional life that keeps you, um, keeps you, you know, excited about the work you do, keeps you from bringing home undue amount of stress to your family and your significant other. Um, but it does not have to be running or walking. Um, you said you decided in medical school not to put down the things that have kept you well. You were a runner before uh, medical school. Yeah, I was, I was a collegiate runner and um, very, very much kind of at that time, it was kind of running for the sake of fast times and race awards. And I got to med school um, I realized that probably, and I think probably all of our lawyers and judges and, and law students can identify with this. I, I realized probably the worst thing for my wellness was going to be hanging around med students for the entirety of my life. So <laughs> law students, think, think about that. Uh, uh, you know, we, we, we as really high achieving people, law students, med students are just a you know, it, it, not necessarily the healthiest group to just sit in a bubble for years at a time. So I, I, um, interestingly, I was, I did med school in Chapel Hill, North Carolina. I found this undergrad group of runners. And so at 455, I'd change from dissecting clothes and smelling like formaldehyde. I'd run across campus and I'd meet these undergrads who could care less what my stresses as a med student were. They just wanted someone who brought some energy and some running expertise. And so, yeah, I had, I, I couldn't like commiserate. I, it wasn't the place for that. It was the place for me just to run and coach. And, and they were, they were a huge part of my, my sanity for the four years of med school. And we're going to talk in a little while here about, well, maybe this is a good time to do it. Uh, you had it early on in your life. I had it early in my life and then got away from it and got back to it. But uh, we, uh, movement, that is, and getting out and, and, and uh, 
being physically active. But I think we've, we've probably got some of our audience that are listening to us that that's not been part of their tradition. That's not been part of how they've lived their lives. And let's, let's just go to that right now. What would you say to folks who have never been active uh, about getting active now, how to do it, uh, what, the, what the benefits are? Um, I, with my patients, you know, my first, because that's a very common, which you just proposed, it's, it's a very common um, kind of place to start with. It's, it's kind of a, a really simple question of what do you think would be fun? And of the list of things that come to mind, roller skating, snowboarding, um, hang gliding, you know, <laughs> some, some, some dream kind of things. What do you think would be fun? And then is, is that of that list, are there some things, number two, that are most accessible? So I've, I've had patients say, well, I, I really feel, you know, I'm, I'm at my best when I'm hiking in the Sandias. Okay, but you have a full-time job. You have three kids. Is that, is that realistic more than once or twice a month? No, it's not really. So, so thinking of, okay, if, if it's hiking in the Sandias, for that person, what is maybe that is there still something that they, they try to create some time and even bring their family into it um, so that it's not time away from the family. But what 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 can kind of replicate that that is right out of your doorstep and it's you know um, concrete, accessible, um, possible. I guess is another term here. Just given your lifestyle and and each person has unique kind of limitations of their time. And um, someone might say, gosh, I, I just have such a, a busy life as a judge. I don't, I don't know how I create time. Well, maybe that person is going to be lunch breaks. And if it's going to be lunch breaks, then maybe instead of um, the, the number three thing I would say is get, get other people involved with you. So you have not only the mental, physical, spiritual, mind, body, and spirit, but you also have the social benefits. So if that exercise is going to be done on your lunch break, then what other judges or lawyers or other staff might you pull in to, to start a walking club, for instance, at lunch or um, a yoga yoga group at lunch? If it's going to be, no, I think I'll do it right when I get home, um, then, or sometime, you know, outside of the work, then I'd, I'd try to bring in friends, family, neighbors, of course, in a, in a pandemic safe way in this moment, but um, Norm, how about you? Can I ask you that same question? Like, how, what, what would be your first advice to someone who really, as you said, has maybe put so much of their life and time into books and intellect that, um, you know, physical activity just isn't part of their core kind of makeup at the moment? What, what would you say to that? Because you're going to give a better maybe law <laughs> perspective than I can. Well, I guess the first thing I would say is come on in, the water's fine, so to speak. Uh, and the second thing I would say is that I, I don't think it takes much. Um, walking is probably for many people, I think, and I'll ask you this, is walking is one of the most, particularly if you walk with a little bit of vigor, is one of the healthiest activities that ordinary people that aren't, uh, whether they're active or not, can uh, get involved in. And uh, Gosh, you said so many things. There are so many things to unpack in your last sentence. I'm going to hit on a few of them. But uh, gosh, I just read a few days ago that while uh, more time is optimal to begin to improve your uh, physical, mental, and spiritual well-being, that as little as 11 minutes a day of movement activity can begin to have some positive uh, effects on your life. And in my neighborhood, that's a walk around the block. Uh, uh, so there, there are benefits to be had. Uh, you don't have to be a, a runner that runs marathons. You don't have to be a hiker that hikes the Sandias. You don't have to uh, be a cyclist that does a triathlon to get benefit from this, just getting outside. And, you know, we, we live in in paradise for getting outside. The temperature here and the weather conditions here in New Mexico are so good for, the high desert is so good for, for getting outside and it's so, so restoring to be outside in the fresh air and, and sunshine. I mean, I think we get 320 some odd days of, 
sunshine a year and and uh, you know if it's cold in the morning wait till it warms up a little bit if it's it's going to be too hot in the day uh, go in the morning or wait in the evening till it's cooled off a little bit so that would be part of it and um, I wanted to touch for a moment on one thing you, you mentioned there which I has been important in my life and, and being active and that's connectedness um, gosh uh, I've made a lot of friends in running and I, and I feel part of a uh, of a, I, I do trail running mostly, uh, and I feel part of a, uh, a running community here in Albuquerque. But uh, when I've been out and walking lately uh, or, or running, uh, there's a whole bunch of people out there that weren't doing this before the pandemic. It's something that still can be done, and we want to talk about safety here in just a moment. But uh, and there's kind of a sense of community about the folks that are out there. I. You know, you can't see all their faces because their masks are on. Uh, you don't know their names, but there seems to be kind of a community of folks out there who are connecting even for a few seconds, because gosh, we're out and doing something lovely. So uh, like I said, come on in, the water's fine. Talk to us a little bit about connectedness. What's the importance of connectedness in physical, mental, and spiritual well-being? Hmm. Yeah. Um, by the way, when I pass people on the trails, I wave and a lot of people see like a, a younger runner who they, they size up as only being interested in, in his, his or her watch. And they, they almost assume that I'm not going to be there to be social. My, my favorite thing to just say is enjoy, like just one sentence, uh, one word, <laughs> enjoy. enjoy what you're doing. Um, I want them to hear it from someone that to them maybe looks like a more serious runner to know that, that at the end of it, I'm not, I'm not taking it anything more as a chance to play and be a kid and run in the leaves and watch the birds. Um, I run disconnected. I don't, I don't want any, you know, soundtrack. The soundtrack is nature. The soundtrack is the bosque, the cranes, the, um, sounds of the trees rustling in the sandias on the trails. So, um, I'm Norm, I'm going to answer a little bit with the running medicine journey. So running medicine yeah. is finishing its fifth year and, um, we are officially, um, empowering families and communities to mind, body, and spirit wellness through movement. Very, very intentionally, not through running, but um, running has a very sacred place in native communities and is incorporated into ceremonies, rites of passage ceremonies, and is really seen as prayerful and, and much more than how many calories did you burn? What time did you run for the 5K? Um, runningmedicine.org for anyone that's interested and, and wants to join. We, we accept lawyers too. Just kidding. We do. Um, uh, <laughs> No, it's actually, actually, we've, we've met right at the law school. So I, um, our main meeting place is right behind the UNM law school. So um, I've, I've done everything shy of, of just running into a law school classroom dressed in runner clothes and say, hey, guys, come out and run. But yeah, um, what I would say is that I think while some of the data we've collected on the improvements in, in mental, physical, and spiritual health um, in, in our program is, is strong, that the strongest data is actually for a fourth element that we often forget to measure or look at. And we thought it was really important to look at social connectedness. How, how has being a part of this group improved your feeling of connection to other people, to your larger Albuquerque community for Native American residents of Albuquerque, how has it improved your connection to the large, the native community? Um, you know, because the big city is, is a really scary place for someone that's come from a small tribal community of let's say 5,000 people. And for whatever reason is, is plopped into the middle of Albuquerque's metro area. And, and we've had, uh, so the, the strongest, the biggest um, jump in improvement is actually on the social connectedness. So, yeah, I think, um, I think when you use exercise as a way that connects you more to your neighbors, to maybe a friend that you've, you've had coffee shop kind of level friendship, but you move it into, hey, why don't we, instead of 
meeting for coffee every Monday morning? Why don't we start going for walks every Monday morning? Um, there, there's a lot of, there's a, I think, a different level of connection and, and creativity when we actually combine, um, you know, some of our normal conversations. I honestly, I have work meetings that if, if possible, I'm going to meet the person and we're going to walk and, and do a peripatetic done while moving 30 minute meeting with a, with a very specific agenda, but, but instead of over a table, we're going to do it while moving. So I think the social connected part of this is, is really um, maybe one of the biggest little gifts that, that um, you can't measure by a scale or by improvement in your blood pressure or any other variable. And um, I would just say that during the pandemic, we have to counter that with um, being socially connected, but not in, you know, the, maybe the same ways, the same type size of groups that we would have done pre pandemic, but find, find that person that you'd really like to connect with and then offer the crazy idea that instead of connecting over coffee or by a zoom call or however else that you're going to connect by meeting them at the Mike Lamry trailhead and go for a, a 45 minute leisurely walk to to see how they're doing. The Solutions Group, the State Bar of New Mexico's EAP provider, offers confidential and free professional counselors to support employees and their direct family members by offering short-term counseling, assessments, and referrals for any life struggle. This includes drug addiction, relationship conflict, anxiety, depression, and grief and loss. Other services include dependent care, crisis assessment and intervention, educational presentations, free well-being webinars, and an online stress assessment tool. Call 505-254-3555 or 1-866-254-3555 and identify with NMJ Lab to schedule an appointment or video visit. How do you, uh, you touch on this business, and I think a lot of people are feeling isolated uh, or cut off from family and friends these days and, and uh, zoomed out. That uh, there's, a, there's a term that, uh, gosh, I hadn't even heard of Zoom a year ago, and now it's just part of my, my life. Uh, um, how do you, how, how, how can people get out and connect with other people safely right now? What are the considerations people should make in doing this uh, safely? Um, hopefully, when, when this is airing, we're, we're seeing a little more light at the end of the tunnel um, than when we're recording this, which is the week where the vaccine has, has finally become a real thing. But I would maybe find one friend um, assuming that, that you don't have a perfect fit in your house, let's say a, a teenager that needs some exercise anyway and, and a great way to connect with them. And so if it's not someone in your house, someone that uh, one or two people, you know, that you kind of form a little bit of a bubble. Um, I think, Norm, the, the risk of exercising outside, walking, running, biking together, first of all, are just are much, much lower, not zero. Um, you still want to wear a mask. You still want to keep, you know, at a distance, but really a, a very low risk for any, any, um, you know, COVID transmission and, and just, just finding again, one or two people that, that you really can kind of consistently run and walk or move however you're going to move together with. Um, I think that can be, Great. Some people that may be out of their comfort zone. So another idea would be get a group of 10 people together and at 8 a.m. they're all have just a fun 10 to 15 minutes on Zoom to talk about their morning exercise. And so they actually do the exercise by themselves. Um, and that, that group could create, you know, a fun challenge of, hey, well, let's see, let's see if we can get to 50 miles through the month of January and you know have some ways to kind of build community you can still do the exercise but if if you're not feeling comfortable actually meeting with other people then then use technology to to help in kind of the the um you know other aspects you can still make it communal 
Have you found any any great ideas, Norm, that you would add to that from from your pandemic movement? Well, that, uh, fr from the very beginning, I mean, Jane and I are, are uh, out a lot. We're out three or four times a week. Uh, and from, from the very beginning, we, can, uh, we were able to continue to do that. So we have been hiking and running uh, consistently, did some backpacking over the summer. Uh, a lot of our running is in the open space along the mountains uh, to the east of Albuquerque and our hiking in the mountains uh, and uh, it, it has not been a concern. I mean, we bring our masks uh, and almost all of the people that we encounter are careful. They're wearing masks and they're respectful. Uh, and uh, we, we get out of the way. We get, somebody gets off the trail uh, to the side of the trail. Uh, you have a nice greeting in the, uh, uh, to, to one of your fellow exercisers and uh, we get back on the trail and keep moving. And the few times that we encounter somebody who's not wearing a mask and doesn't seem to be uh, being careful, it's easy to get away. You just step farther off the trail and get, you know, get quite a ways from them and wait uh, until you get back for a little bit before you get back on the trail. So uh, we felt very comfortable getting out and, and same with walking in the neighborhood. We've been doing a lot of that lately and uh, at least in our, our area and the areas that we contact uh, that we have contact with other people outside it's uh, it, it's not been a concern and I, I think it's uh, uh, I think it's okay at least from our perspective and you know I'm in an age group that has uh, age group and gender that has uh, higher risk factors I'm older and I'm a male so uh, we're being very careful but that's not one of the things that concerns us um, all right, uh, you have, uh, let's see, let me talk about several other things here. Um, one of the things I'd like to talk about with you is your, we've already talk, talked about the idea that running isn't for everyone and uh, that there are plenty of other activities that you can engage in. Um, let's talk a little bit. Can you, can you, I don't want to dwell on this too much, but can you talk about the science behind this? Why? movement works, why it works to improve your physical, your emotional, and your spiritual life. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a, a big, deep question. Um, <laughs> in terms of our physical health, of course, there's, there's just the simple idea that um, we, we live a much more sedentary life than probably our grandparents and great-grandparents, not, not hundreds and hundreds of years ago, but 50 years ago, you know, a lot more walking to school, walking to work, um, and, and potentially farming, and, and just natural forms of movement, they didn't need planet fitness, they didn't need running races, they movement, you know, for the, the history of mankind has been just a way of life. And now we've created all these wonderful things like cars and and uh, you know, ways to, to really live a quite sedentary lifestyle, but that's not good for us. That, that's not what our body ultimately needs. And um, so from a physical health, you know, burning calories, improving muscle mass, improving bone strength um, as we get older, you know, our bones need, our bones are strengthened by um, stress on them, which is a good analogy for, you know, a lot of life. A, a bone doesn't get stronger by resting it. It gets stronger by moving on it, by walking on it. Um, Weight-bearing exercise, particularly more so than, say, uh, swimming is not going to necessarily strengthen bones as much, but swimming is going to strengthen a lot muscular in a way of your back and, and upper arms um, that, that, you know, other forms of exercise won't. So from a physical standpoint, honestly, most, most long-term chronic conditions have exercise and movement as one of the things that can prevent them or can cure them. And even things that people may not, um, I'll just pick a couple here that I frequently am, because I prescribe movement more than any other medicine in my family medicine practice. So heartburn, heartburn, um, 
both directly and indirectly improves when people start exercising. Um, people that are having sleep issues, thinking of our law community that probably takes a lot of stress home with them and maybe even to bed with them. Start, start walking 30 minutes a day, three or four times a week, nothing crazy. You'll see your sleep improve. Um, doc, my energy's not good, low energy. On the surface, why, why would Dr. Flagg prescribe that person exercise? Well, because when we start moving, we actually, even though it seems counterintuitive, if your starting point is low energy, we actually start to see people um, report being more energized. And that, I guess, is, is, is a way, just a magical way, honestly, that, that exercise um, kind of activates us. Doctor, I have a lot of chronic pain. Uh, it's fibromyalgia, it's osteoarthritis, it's um, rheumatoid arthritis, et cetera. Move, movement is, in general, really good for chronic pain. It's kind of the, the move it or, or lose it phenomenon. And again, on the surface, no, it doesn't. It seems a little counterintuitive that if someone's dealing with chronic pain sitting in a recliner that having them starting to get moving isn't the right idea, but it's, it's the exact right idea. Fibromyalgia is a pretty common condition that doctors have really been perplexed, haven't come up with any pills um, that work as well as movement. The people who have the best controlled pain and the highest level of functioning with fibromyalgia are those who um, adhere to regular exercise. So, and maybe I'll just quickly say mental health, depression, and anxiety, there's a famous study that put one group of people who were depressed older adults onto an antidepressant and a second group onto aerobic exercise. And at, at six months and a year later, when they looked, the, the group who was doing exercise out, outperformed in terms of depression and anxiety symptoms um, was doing better than the group on pills. So I tell people yeah. to take medicine, just don't take it in a pill form. <laughs> Yeah, you've you I've I've read you, uh, you you've said that the stethoscope is only a small part of your uh, your medical practice, and I've also you touched on this idea, and it's certainly been true in my life that the paradox that using energy begets energy it's it's a, uh, it's an amazing thing, uh, and one thing you didn't mention, but I'm going to mention because it's a particular interest to me as I'm getting up there in years is the effects of movement on aging. Oh, I thought you, I thought, I thought you were going to tell me the answer. Oh. <laughs> okay. I'll give you my take on it. Now yeah. What, what do you think your personal benefits that you've seen to counteract aging um, for you? And then I'll, I'll add anything that, that maybe makes me think. Of well, there's a, there, there are some, what I think are, are more obvious things, and then there's some more subtle things. Well, let me touch on the obvious first. And that's that um, I see more, more people that are my age and even a lot younger than I am, that mobility becomes a, an issue for them. They're having trouble getting around. Um, and uh, if you, it, you use the term use it or lose it, uh, it's true. I think I think throughout your life, but it becomes even more poignantly true as, as you age than, and it may be not only more difficult, but maybe even impossible to, to gain it back if you lose it. So agility, uh, mobility, agility, coordination. Uh, I've, I've found that uh, I do a lot of trail running and uh, that I you need to pay attention to the trail. You need to have some agility, some balance. Uh, it helps all those things. Uh, one of my doctors even suggested one time that it helps, that it probably helps my cognitive function and that I'm having to take in all this data all the time about what the trail ahead looks like and convert that into action by uh, placing my, where I place my feet and how I set my balance and so on and so forth. But the, uh, I think the more subtle thing, and this has been true throughout my uh, the years since I took up running, is that, and I'm not sure I'm going to use some terms here that have some that, that I think are overused a little bit, but uh, I, I have more of a sense of agency, a more sense of being empowered, that I have some 
functional control over my life. I don't delude myself that I'm completely the captain of my ship, but uh, but I have. Uh, it's a powerful tool that I can call on and that I can use, and it helps me to to, to navigate these waters as I age. And, and and that's a more subtle thing. It gives me more confidence about going uh, into my uh, my later years in life. Did I leave anything out? All of what you just mentioned. <laughs> that's a good. It's a good testimonial right there. If uh, you know, if if um, you could put that into a pill form, you would you would have created something that that doesn't exist and, and won't exist, but no, it, it, you, you just touched on a, a bunch of different things that each of those, like, let's just pick out one norm, the being less confident about your, your ability to safely get outside and tackle really tough trails. Um, that, that, that would have a, a huge, just that little one would have a huge influence on, on you as a lawyer, a judge, um, as any person who's who's getting older and and feeling like they're they're unable to do things that they really enjoy doing, and they give them you know confidence that that they still can get out there and um, so yeah, I, I think for for there there's a there's interestingly I guess phenomenon that's been described where we actually underprescribe underestimate what um, elders can do. And so like doctors such as me, maybe not being as, um, as, as good as we need to be at promoting exercise. We say, Oh, that this, this person's in their eighties, you know, I, I don't want to seem like I'm pushing them too hard or I don't want them to get injured, but no, we actually should, should really, for all the reasons you just mentioned, um, be just as excited to get that person moving as the person that's 35, you know, and needs to lose some weight or is, is facing diabetes in the near future if they don't start moving more. Um, you know, the, at, when we're older, we have probably some very different benefits than, than maybe when we were 30 years younger, but um, very real and very important benefits to, to moving. Yeah, and I can I can assure people that uh, it's been a humbling experience out there at times ever since I started running, and I didn't start running until midlife. That there have always been older runners who have just been tremendous. Uh, I've been with with runners who've run well into their 80s and toward their 90s. I have a friend who was a volunteer ranger on the uh, on the La Luz Trail for many years and. Dave Hammock now is in his early 90s, and I think he still gets out and does uh, some of the trail. Uh, it, so age is, uh, it's, it's not a barrier. You, it, it's, it's a good thing to, to keep moving. And if running or hiking is not your thing, walk, uh, do, do something and you'll, you won't regret it. You know, we're coming up on, uh, New Year's here, and uh, there's going to be a lot of New Year's resolutions made, and they're and they're well-meaning and they're good resolutions. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna get in shape this next year. I'm gonna run a 10k this next year, and maybe even I'm gonna run a marathon next year. But as with uh, oh, so many New Year's resolutions, unfortunately, far too many of them soon uh, fade away. There's kind of a hump, and uh, you know, what do we say to folks that? Uh, that, that make these good resolutions and get a good start, but somehow, oh gosh, the press of professional life or uh, maybe a little setback of some kind that uh, just discourages them from continuing. How do, how do we, what, what encouragement can we give them? It's a great question. Um, I think our, our best kind of advice going a little back to what we said earlier, start with something that might be fun, not a chore. Lawyers, like doctors, don't need anything else that feels like added duty in life. We need things that feel like they're escapes and creative ways to express ourselves. So find something that's fun. Um, start with a, a small, very doable goal. I'll, I'll tell, for instance, my patients, 
Um, you know, you're, what you're saying is you want better health in 2021. So don't focus on the scale. Focus on, like, the scale can be part of what what's going to tell you that. But, for instance, the person gets really motivated and they say, Norm, I want to go out with you and your wife on all these hikes. I want to... I want to be your shadow in the month of January and they get to the end of the month of January. And instead of focusing on, wow, you know, that, I, that's more than I've moved in decades. They step on the scale. The scale says, gosh, you only lost one pound. And they, they then forget all of the joy and the connection and the beautiful things they've seen and just the way their body's feeling and they they focus on that man i didn't i didn't lose enough weight i was this has been a failure i'm going to stop doing it um and interestingly the the gyms already by the third week of january traditionally see a drop in that new year's crowd has already started to drop off within a few weeks so it really my um biggest thing to to kind of try to help people find is something that's sustainable, like, you know, changing your whole diet um, or saying, I'm going to exercise seven days a week. Like I, I, if that's, if that's sustainable for you, maybe it is your time to make a, a really big decision. But for a lot of people, just let me, let me try twice a week fitting in a 30 minute leisurely walk at lunch and eating while I'm at it a salad each day, you know, something that's, that's really actually doable and that you can guarantee that you can be successful. Um, you know, maybe actually a, a better, a better approach if, if you're looking at long-term sustained, um, improvements in health. And, and I'd also just say we often phys focus on physical health. It's definitely when you, when you come into a, a healthcare setting, we measure you up and down and, you know, weight, height, blood pressure, but mental health, spiritual health, cultural health, um, you know, all the other ways that you may, what you may really need is more, more time for pleasure reading and more time to, um, you know, get back to a spiritual practice that may be, that may be, you know, just as important or more important than, anything that's that's of more physical health i think some i think a lot of um again the, the beauty for me in movement is that it can be all of those it can absolutely be my my time to recenter and and you know be grateful and really feel that the hour run for me is spiritual it's mental emotional and it's physical so that that's that's the perfect win-win when you have something that again i think it's usually something you enjoy if you if you hate running you're probably not going to get to a spiritual place. You're not going to get to a place where you see it as stress relief. But if you love running or you love yoga or you love hiking in the Sandias and you can do that as your kind of regular thing, yes, I think, I think the other mental and, and spiritual kind of benefits will, will, will be there without you having to make too much effort. All right. We're, uh, we're, we're, uh, Anthony, we're coming to the end of our time here and I want to, I want to sort of wrap things up a little bit. I want to I'm going to quote you on a couple of things and I'll give you a chance to, to give us one final thought before we sign off. But let me quote you on a few things, if I may. Uh, Dr. Flagg is a uh, is a writer and uh, a blogger, and he has some amazing stuff on his blog. Um, one of the things I picked up from from uh, from your blog is uh, you said, and I quote. This is when we need our movement the most. Keep moving in these months, not because it is easy, but because it is necessary. And you've also said, we can't control the current. We have to learn to flow with the current. Uh, Dr. Anthony Flegg, is, is there any final thoughts you'd like to leave with our audience of lawyers, judges, and law students before we wrap up? That's that's tough when someone's quoting you to, to, to the, the <laughs> quote. Need to put you on the spot there. But. Um, well, I I like I think that that first thought of yeah move not not much of anything in our life right now is easy in in the pandemic, um, and yes we could sit and and continue to maybe make excuses of why we don't move like you know my gym closed for instance. 
but this is this is indeed the exact time that we need it the most and um whether you're a person that as a lawyer a judge a law student has has been a mover and maybe has put it aside or has not moved I, i'd encourage you to um start really simple and and find this as a time where you know because of the stresses of the pandemic and and the lack of some of the stress relief outlets um including travel within our own beautiful state that that trying to to get outside particularly i think and and move and see the beauty of our our land is is really an important thing go find a trail for instance that you've never been on in the albuquerque or in your local vicinity um that you just want to go explore and and kind of kind of put a a, a little kids mindset of just curiosity and excitement and forget about calories and anything that your you know smart watch tells you about your exercise just have fun with it have fun enjoy and and yeah the current in this case i guess is the pandemic and we're not going to change it by stressing all day today or tomorrow about when it's going to be over but um if we just kind of flow with it and and let the let the pandemic be the river and it's just going to take us to some beautiful places downstream before we can get out of it and and go back to normal life um i hope that it, with that mindset we come out of all of this as better people as people that are 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 more loving toward ourselves and toward those around us and it may just start with lacing up the shoes Dr. Flag it's been a great pleasure to talk to you today I know you're being called into COVID-19 service so along with our thanks for spending time with us today uh, may I express uh, from the bottom of my heart on behalf of my colleagues in the bar and on the bench our deep gratitude for your work and our hopes and our very best wishes that you stay safe and healthy and that we can meet soon outside and moving during better times thank you Dr. Anthony Flag um all my law colleagues appreciate the work you all are doing similarly on the front lines in many important ways um and look forward to moving together as as norm says have a beautiful day thank you thank you for listening this episode was produced by the state bar of new mexico's member services department and judges and lawyers assistance program all editing and sound mixing was done by blue sky elearn Intro music is by Kevin McLeod at Incomtech. The views of the presenters are that of their own and not endorsed by the State Bar of New Mexico. Nothing said in this podcast is legal advice for you.